0: good morning everybody good morning to UK property talk this is Charles Kelly I'm reporting from London where it's a a sunny spring day here and uh, the market here is uh well I'm going to I'm going to go straight into the market report now the market is starting to slow down in property so what we do on this this event we we record this and put it out on YouTube as well but uh, we we talk specifically about property about where the market is going what opportunities there are in the market and you know just generally things about property in itself whether property is a good investment whether this is a good time to buy they not not a good time to buy that uh, there's very different ways of looking at it so first of all let's look at at the market the market has been slowing down now i'm, I'm not just reading what's in the news obviously that the, the news is saying this uh, you know a, a nationwide report came out uh fairly recently saying that the market is is likely to to slow down um the nationwide is one of the biggest lenders in in the uk now they're obviously not going to say the market will will crash I mean, it's not that they think that but they always say slow down level off uh calm down they use words that are not going to shake the market they're saying it's slowing down estate agents i talked to uh in and around the area are all saying that things are slow now they've had a good couple of years obviously with with the boom that went on during that lockdown period but uh, now they're, they're finding that um things things are, are definitely slowing down a, a lot now so that's that's the situation uh, here um i i guess we, we would expect that because we've had such a, a busy time in the last in the last couple of years where you know people were just scrambling to buy properties and properties went up by about 20 percent uh, but but now it, it is slowing down and, and one of the reasons for that i i think is is the economy uh, the, the economy has been slowing we were expecting the economy to grow but it, it's starting to get into negative figures last month it, it contracted by you know, just under one percent but the u.s economy also contracted in the first quarter now, if they have two quarters of negative growth, then that that is officially then a recession. China is is slowing down. China has uh, reduced its mortgage rate uh, to to start, try and stimulate the property market. Now, of course, in the last couple of years, we had that big uh, scandal going on with Evergrande uh, defaulting on its bond payments. Now they're they're, they're building in china but i think they're listed on the hong kong stock stock market but they borrowed billions i think it was two or three hundred billion they borrowed from from institutions and they were defaulting on the interest payments and that wasn't the only company now if this if this had been in the uk i think they would have gone into liquidation now but somehow the chinese government have kept that under you know kept the lids kept that under the lid and and managed to suppress that story but you know that that's not over yet they've built thousands and hundreds of thousands of properties that have, have been unsold and that there's whole cities that that lie empty so so there's there's big problems there as well and and then we're seeing uh, inflation uh, on a scale that we haven't seen since the 80s inflation hit 9% in the UK this week which was a 40 year high uh, which is quite something and and that is taking money out of people's pockets fuel bills here in some cases have doubled and even trebled so where people might be expected to pay you know 1500 pounds a month they're now paying uh you know two three three thousand and and even more per annum Uh, sorry they they were paying 1500 per annum now they're paying something like three thousand to four thousand pounds a year just for just for electricity and gas so you can't live without that so that is taking disposable income away from from the market. So, we we are seeing defi- a definite slowdown. Having said that, there's still people with with money. There's still people who are able to go out and, and as first time buyers and buy a property for three quarters of a million pounds. A normal sort of semi. Uh, it, it is crazy. My 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 lawyer was telling me yesterday that uh, there was a property went on sale in St Albans, which is a, a nice um town city just outside of london with a fast train link it's got a cathedral and that, that sort of thing. So it's a nice nice place to live and and it was listed as one of the most expensive places to live in the country compared to income ratios i think it was something like you needed 14 times the average income to buy a property in st albans and he said there's a an ordinary semi on sale that he's he's dealing with ordinary semi-detached house not necessarily in the best part but it's quite near a a school a school catchment area that's the big thing if it is near a good school and the middle classes want their children to go to that school they have to live within the the catchment area and it was on the market for something like nine hundred and seventy five thousand pounds which was already a lot of money but it actually sold for fifty thousand pounds more than the asking price it sold for over a million pounds uh and which he couldn't believe it It was just it was just crazy there was a sort of bidding war to get this property so there are people with with money to buy buy property um but the general public and uh, people at the lower end of the income scale and the people in the middle really are being squeezed gradually uh incomes are not going up fast enough but inflation is running at at nine percent now we we say inflation is running at nine percent because that's the official cpi figures from the ons but Uh, if we we measure inflation the way we used to measure it it would probably be at more like 18 percent right now and and also if you look at the retail prices index where they don't which they don't use anymore this is the price of all goods aside from property so it doesn't include property and rents but that's going up by 13 percent so that this is why when you go in the shops you know that you look at things that you bought a year ago and and they They've gone up by 20%, or the packaging's got smaller. Petrol, you know, fuel is at record price, 165 a litre in some cases, uh, despite the, the tax cut that the government made. Now, a lot of people are saying this is because of the war, but really it's because of the sanctions imposed on Russia that's stopping oil and gas being exported, it's stopping wheat being exported. So it's causing food shortages in part of the world, and it's causing prices to just rise. But the real inflation problem came about because of the massive amount of money printing that's gone on not just since 2020 but since 2008 where they brought in this term called quantitative easing qe a lot of people just say it's a term for money printing uh this was to get us out of the last financial crash and to to stop the the world going into a big recession and they've artificially held up the economy by by pumping all this money in into the economy and that's raised asset prices but it, but it's now having an effect on on inflation now in 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 history we've always seen that inflation means uh, you know big problems for countries but when you where you print a lot of money it causes inflation the German Weimar Republic we saw this in Argentina we saw this in Venezuela and and in Zimbabwe where they destroyed the currency Mugabe more or less destroyed the currency and people were using dollars and rands uh, so that 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 inflation is causing um you know massive problems for, for ordinary people and it's taking money out of their pocket which means the market's slowing down that the economy is slowing down and people may not have as much money to, to spend but having said that properties in 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 the right area the right kind of property is still commanding a lot of interest you'll still get buyers for it at, at the right prices flats have definitely Slowed down. I'm getting lots of estate agents calling me saying this flat has been reduced by 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, been on the market for a while. But three and four bedroom houses in nice suburbs uh, where you know you've got a bit of land, bit of garden, good train links definitely still, still popular. And, and agents cannot get enough of, of those type of properties. Now, of course, <clears throat> estate agents. Make their money by the volume of sales and and if the volume of sales is down, then their business is down. and that, that that is what's happening here and and in America where lending is down, some of the big lenders have laid off staff because they're not getting this the refinance market. Um, so 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 there are problems ahead. and if estate agents are not getting the volume, then they're, they're not getting the income because they don't make that much more money if a property sells for fifty thousand more. It, it doesn't really matter to them. It's it's just a small percentage increase to them, uh, but they need that volume. And I'm you know w- when I walk around, I'm seeing estate agents. Well, look, the phone's not ringing. It's 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 just very slow. And they've got overheads. They've got rent to pay on their their shop premises. And some and there's been an explosion of estate agents over the last ten years in High Street. You can see great big shops been taken over. You know massive amounts of desks in there. They're all sitting there like soldiers, beavering away. But, but that, that's expensive to run. If you think of it, just an ordinary shop in a suburb, not, not right in London, you know maybe the rent's 25, 30,000 a year. Uh, then you've got council tax on top of that. Call that 15,000, 45,000. Then you've got your utilities and all that sort of stuff. So you're looking at 50,000 a year before you've opened up the door. That's a thousand pounds a week they've got to find uh, just before they've even opened up the door and started trading. Then they've got staff. Then, then they've got other things going on, taxes, and uh, you know. So you're looking at eighty, ninety thousand a year operation. So, so they've got to sell quite a few properties every month. You know, if, if they've got to make say, I don't know, two thousand pounds a week, well, they've got to sell a property every week just to really to cover that. You know. So it's it, it's it's not not that 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 easy. So I think some estate agents are, are going to be struggling. I've seen one or two close down or close down maybe slim down their branches so so, so they are, are going i know a lot of people don't have much sympathy for, for estate agents but, but uh, they're not the most popular people in the world but you know we need them when we're going to sell a property or rent a property now you may have heard of a company called purple bricks they're 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 estate agents that work slightly different they say we have low fees and you know we we don't charge as much but what they do in fact is just take money up front and then put your property on the market the service i find is poor um and but but they've made a lot of money they've grown rapidly but then they expanded into other countries i think particularly in america and it hasn't worked out and they're not getting the the volume of of sales so their share price has literally collapsed and we we don't know whether they're even going to survive and yet they're on on tv all the time uh, spending fortunes on marketing but but not getting the volume and and I've found, uh, compared to a traditional estate agent, I I don't think their service is pretty is very good. Um, I've tried to view properties through Purple Bricks. You know, I've gone there. There's nobody there. That's it. You know, I've gone all the way into London to view a property, and it's just no show. No nobody in. No nobody there. And and then you try and get back to them. It's very difficult. Um, so I haven't had much luck with Purple Bricks. Maybe your experience is different. Tell me if you if you think your experience is different. Um, so. That, that but but they're one of the biggest in the market they've got a, a very large uh share of the volume but having said that their their volume is based on taking fees up front uh, and and then putting your property on the market whereas a traditional estate agent that does not charge you anything up front they'll they'll do all the marketing they'll they'll take photos of your property they'll do the measuring the floor plans make sure you've got the epc in place make sure that you know you can legally sell the property well i mean they're not checking land registry but they, they check money laundering and that sort of thing and, and they, they kind of get you set up and then they vet buyers they make sure you know that if someone's going to say they will buy that property they 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 sort of do a bit of vetting to make sure that that person is capable of of buying that property they've got a mortgage offer or they've got cash site of cash that sort of thing if they haven't got a mortgage offer, they'll perhaps help them get the mortgage so and, and then they're transacting the, the, the whole process through from start to finish, which can take six months. They're perhaps dealing with, you know, the, the buyer's uh, viewings and, and, and surveyors and uh, and getting, getting that type of thing sorted out and, and dealing with solicitors, making sure that the solicitors are instructed. Um, you know, if you've ever tried to sell a property yourself without an agent, you realize that there's a lot of work that goes on in the background that you don't you don't see and then managing a chain of of transactions because you know you're buying something but then the person you're buying from so you're a first time buyer you're buying a flat well the person in the flat might be selling that flat and buying a house and then the person in that house is is upsizing to a bigger house sometimes there can be five or six transactions going on in a chain and they all need to, to sell on the same day exchange contracts on the same day complete and move on the same day so if one person in the chain falls down, like their buyer drops out, or they can't get a mortgage offer, the whole chain can collapse. And often the estate agents are working together to keep that chain in place, or or replace the broken links, as it were. So there's a lot, a lot of work goes on in the background. And then at the end of it, they could work for six months, and then the chain collapses. Somebody pulls out. The buyer, their buyer, changes their mind. Finished, you know, or their seller changes their mind. So they don't get paid until the very end. Whereas purple bricks are getting paid up front and, and there's, there's, there's other purple bricks type models that just get their money up front and that's it. You know, you've paid and finished, you know. So yeah, it, it, maybe it can work for some people, uh, but, but purple bricks are, are definitely in, in trouble. The other sign I'm seeing with the market is that surveyors, uh, now surveyors are people that do the surveys when someone gets a mortgage arranged now when you buy a property cash you can appoint your own surveyor to make sure the buildings sound and you can have various levels of survey reports you can just have a mortgage valuation very basic they'll spend half an hour there check everything's in intact in and give you a valuation then you can have a home buyer's report which is more diff- de- detailed i would suggest everyone should at least get a home buyer's report because uh, a mortgage valuation is, is nothing um, and then there's a full structure where they really go into a lot of depth and dig up you know, look under the floorboards and that sort of thing. Um, and, and they're more expensive, obviously. So that the, the higher the level, the more you pay. Most people just have a mortgage valuation. And I'm finding that uh, surveyors are now starting to downvalue properties on the mortgage valuation. So somebody puts a property on the market for, say, five hundred thousand. The estate agent says, yes, we can get five hundred thousand for you. And then the buyer comes in. Uh, offers say 495 they accept and we think you've got a deal and the estate agent thinks great we've got a deal but then they get their mortgage arranged the surveyor comes in and says no I'm not going to value this at 495 I'm going to value it at 475 or 450 and this this is happening this I've seen this happen before it doesn't happen in a booming market because valuations are always going up and and they just value things at the asking price but but now when things are slowing down maybe the lenders are telling them to do this or maybe this the surveyors are just covering their backs because they don't want to get into trouble with the lender if they overvalue properties so they're now down valuing things then what happens then the the the, the buyer says well your property's been downvalued And, and and the seller says well i don't care you know i i want nine i want Four nine five. that's what we agreed and then there has to be this negotiation and this is where the estate agent can help because people can get very heated in the, these situations whereas if you put it through a third party it's like an arbitrator uh, or like a judge in between the two parts uh, a, a bit like um you know counseling they're, they're there in the middle and uh they then can negotiate with with the buyer and the seller to smooth things out maybe meet in the middle uh, So so that that is that is happening at the moment and i've definitely seen this this before we're also seeing slow service with things like getting land registry registered um, and uh, local authority searches are taking an awful lot lot of time this is because perhaps because civil servants are uh, more working from home right this working from home that the government's had this argument with them recently uh, that they want them to get back in the office and civil servants don't want to go back into the office. They like working from home. They like being able to, to do their washing during the day and pick up their kids from school and feed the dog and feed the cat and that sort of stuff. They like working from home. They don't want to go into that on that train into town and, and, and work in a, a sweaty office, do they? They, they? they want to stay at home and, and the government's having this argument with civil servants who are refusing to go back to work. All right, I'm not, I don't want to get political about that, you know, but as I said, we, we are seeing... a, a a very slow um uh service there so what, what about property in general when is is a good time to to buy uh, when is a good time to buy uh, well you know you if you're I, I think there's two arguments there some people are waiting for uh, the big crash they're waiting for a dip uh, they're waiting for the bottom of the market like like in in the stock market you wait for the dips and you buy on the dips and hope it's going to go up and then when it's high you're trying to sell to somebody else you're trying to sell to someone else and leave them to, to hold the baby and then you get out you know but it doesn't always work like that in in property it's a much slower movement of of the up and downs um stock markets you can see going up and down like that i mean this week stock markets in in the us had their worst day uh, uh, since uh 2020 since before the lockdown that was the nasdaq went down by nearly five percent and then then the, in the next couple of days it went up again so I think it ended the week um in in, in sort of positive territory after a, a terrible week so stock markets can go up and down like the proverbial yo-yo so yeah so the Nasdaq ended uh, yesterday at uh, just just point three down it was slightly in positive during the day um point zero point three down uh and the Dow Jones was the same amount but slightly in in positive so they had a terrible week but that that is a sign that the market is getting nervous and, and stock markets have declined in in the last few months certainly year to date they've some of the, the american stock markets have declined by 18 to 20 percent uh, so so that's not a good economic sign that means that investors are nervous they feel that the fundamentals are are, are wrong and that we're, we're heading into recession now property takes much longer to to react to that situation because you know, at the end of the day this people still need somewhere to live and there's still a market there but but eventually property does tend to follow a stock market crash and we haven't had a, a stock market crash but we're in certainly in correction territory there with the stock market but what I've, I've noticed in years gone by is that if there is a big stock market crash like the 87 crash and and other crashes property then follows maybe six months to a year later and then then it just goes dead and then if there's a property crash it can take five, six years before it comes back. Uh, whereas the, the stock market might come back in, in, a, in a year or two because investors wanna get back and buy cheap, but the, the property market can be slow. However, a lot of people are saying that, well, no, this is not gonna be the case this time because uh, institutions are now buying properties and, and they're getting into the uh, uh, build to, to let and buy to let. And we're seeing legal in general and, and in America, Goldman Sachs, BlackRock buying properties to rent out. But of course that's been pushing up prices because they can buy whole blocks of flats they can build whole blocks of flats and i think that has has not helped ordinary consumers buy properties because they are big big landlords and and i don't think they always buy very sensibly um if 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 i was um you know buying some of those properties i may not have bought them i may not have paid those prices and then they've got all their management charges they've they've got to employ people uh, with company cars and and big salaries and and they, they've got to employ people to manage those properties so will they make a profit and I, I don't know um some people say that when institutions go in and, and rushing to buy things it, it tends to end in tears uh, but that might keep the market going because there's still a an, an interesting property also in, in the uk at least there is still a shortage of property they they need to need to build two three hundred thousand properties a year and and that's not quite happening and and people still need somewhere to live the population is still going up immigration has has slowed down but you know we're seeing still a lot of people coming across the channel every every, every day you know hundreds of boats coming across the channel like like an invasion uh, in in the war you know it's like a wartime invasion um so so there's, there's still immigration there and, and there's still a skill shortage here there's still a job sh- a staff shortage here. They still need highly skilled people coming into the country and, and that will continue through the work permit system. Nurses, medical people. Um, I, I don't know what the shortage occupation list is now, but they still need people. So, um, you know, there, there still will be a demand for property. People are living longer. Uh, more There's more divorces. So people want single units. So that creates a need for, for two properties if, if a couple split up. So I, I, I believe that I don't see a massive crash, but definitely a slowdown is coming. Um, but then you just don't know what's happening. I mean, look what's happening in the last couple of years. We didn't expect it. Will this war escalate? Will it go on? Will it cause other problems? We just don't know what's going to happen. So you can never be really sure exactly what's going to happen, what the government are going to do, what the central banks are going to do um and and how they might pump money to inflate the market how they might stimulate the market by cutting rates or or bringing in uh new schemes to help people buy i mean there's talk of a a new scheme uh that that will be coming in i'll just quickly look that up uh it's like a a scheme to help first-time buyers uh that's been reported i haven't even really looked at this in in detail but it looks like there could be a new plan to help first-time buyers from the government so these sorts of things can um, right. a new plan to help uh, first-time buyers get cheaper mortgages unveiled so these are things that um you hear these announcements but it, it takes time to come through announced by Michael Gove the housing secretary examining the the Canada style plans to make loans more available for those without big savings now in canada of course we've got a massive bubble happening there in canada and toronto and vancouver we've got similar things in australia and, and new zealand um, the government is looking now at other countries that allowed more families to get loans with small deposits and will fix our dysfunctional house housing market michael gove said well, i didn't know it was dysfunctional um, I mean traditionally banks like people to to save money for a deposit and put some deposit down then they have more skin in the game as it were if we're going back to 100 percent mortgages that's where you had previous bubbles in 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 2008 and in, in the 80s when, when i remember where you could get mortgages up to or well, certainly 100 percent then it went up to 125 percent uh but in those days lenders had a guarantee they had i think called a mortgage guarantee policy which would protect them in the event of high percentages loans going into default i think the insurance companies then pulled out of that market but that's all they need to bring back is a mortgage guarantee product from an insurance company so that it guarantees the lender if they lend up to say 95 or 100 percent but it, but if 100 so percent, this is the thing if the market slow down and then the government bring back 100 percent mortgages or lenders start lending wildly again that then can pump the market up so who knows what is going to happen so I'm sorry to be a bit vague on this but I can't give you the definitive answers and and no experts can I've listened to various experts one says it's going down there's all doom and gloom and the others said no don't worry everything will be fine don't worry I certainly think the stock market is due for a correction and and maybe a a big crash um you know cryptos we've seen get into trouble and I, I wouldn't even touch them anyway uh, so so there has been a lot of crazy money chasing things like crypto nfts whatever they are non-functionable fungible tokens digital art all these silly types of investments that sorry if, you, if you've if you just bought one but you know a lot of very rich merchant bankers with with more money than cents and, and so much bonuses that they, they just don't know what to spend it on uh, so uh, but 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 property has always been stable in in the long run and, and that's what I'm trying to get round to is that whatever happens in the short term, people will still need somewhere to live in, in, certainly in the UK, that the economy will survive Brexit, it will survive, it will get back there, even though it's faltering at the moment. Um, there, there's a lot of talent here, there's a lot of uh, good, good good brains and, and, and talent in this country, and, and, and it's always been a trading nation, I think it will survive and, and thrive post-Brexit. So there will be a need for people to live somewhere in property. And so even if there's a dip in the short term, um, then I, I think it will survive in the long run. And if you look at any chart on properties and the stock market, you'll see that the trend is, is always upwards. Because, you know, people uh, need somewhere to live. And I think if you're buying a property to live in for yourself, for your family, then it doesn't really matter whether you buy at a slightly higher price now and it goes down because if you're going to be in that property five ten years what does it matter if you want to get the property that you want now your dream house just get it you know um excuse me i wouldn't wait for a dip to buy a property that you are going to live in as long as you get the right mortgage you can afford it uh you buy uh, you know with, with a good mortgage and, and maybe a fixed rate certainly five ten years fix your rate so that you 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 will not be hit if rates go up then then you're safe and as long as your income stays stable and you're not overstretching yourself i i would still still buy as long as you're not overstretching yourself as i said um if you're really going into debt up to your neck and and struggling to buy that property then you know and, and you haven't got a stable job you're not a civil servant uh then you know, who knows, you, you could get yourself into trouble. But if you're buying a property to live in and, you, and you're able to do it, you know, you're upsizing for family reasons, you, you need a bigger place, you need, you've got a growing family, you need to move from that flat into a house, then, yeah, if you can afford to wait, wait. But, you know, otherwise just get it. You know, it's it's not just about the money and the value of the property. It's about your lifestyle and where you want to live. Um, so I would just go for it. Also, if there is a, a massive, property crash if there is a property crash then lenders will also pull all their products like they did in 2008 and and and, and like in, in the 90s they made it very difficult to borrow money so they go through this period of turning on the tap and throwing money out there lending five six seven eight times income 100 percent 125 percent and then they get their fingers burned they don't remember what happened before and then they start pulling in their reins and they, they stop oh no no we can't lend now oh no we've got to be careful And then when the 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 market is at the very rock bottom they're not lending they 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 throw money at the market when it's at the top at the peak but when it's at rock bottom they they almost stop lending so that that's um that that's that that could happen again so if you if you wait for when things are tough you might find it's more difficult to get a mortgage now if you're buying to, to buy to let or you're buying as an investment then you know maybe you can be a bit you know, you can wait a bit you can be a bit more discerning you can say well i'll just wait and see what happens if you're if you're not in any rush but you know if you're going to wait years and your money is sitting there in the bank earning next to, to zero then you know you're finding that inflation is is pushing the value of properties up while your money is losing value by nine and ten percent a year and you know if you think about inflation just for a second um in, inflation means that the value of things the price of things are going up that's not the technical term for the word inflation but in general in an inflationary era assets go up and the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and and that's been happening um so in in theory properties will go up in an inflationary period right uh we we don't it's not automatic but assets generally go up in, in inflation and that's why you should invest in assets not bank accounts you if you put your money into a a unit trust fund or a pension fund they will generally be investing that money into assets not sitting in in cash because cash will lose value it's good to have cash of course but it will lose value over time so if you imagine properties going up by say nine ten percent a year so the average property over a year might go up by you know uh, and the average price in a property here is nearly three hundred thousand. so prices could go up by 20 30 000 a, a year in, on average it's not to say it will definitely happen but over time inflation will push the price of the property up now if you can buy that property and borrow at say three four percent and inflation is at nine ten percent then there's obviously you're, you're making a bit of money there if if rates are going up to ten percent again like like there were in in previous high inflationary times then maybe you're not quids in there but at the moment you've got low interest rates and and higher inflation which in in effect is inflating the value of the property Um, so in in effect that should be a good investment and maybe that's why the institutions are going in and, and buying up stuff because they can borrow money at very low interest rates they can raise money from investors at very low interest rates and buy assets that will give them an income and should go up in value over time and that's the other thing with investment property is that you're getting an income as well as growth and in the bank account you're they're just giving you a bit of interest so uh, it, in in some ways it doesn't matter whether the price of the property is going up or down as long as you're getting your rent and you're getting your income like a share if you buy a share in in i don't know amazon you are getting a dividend every year you're getting a dividend from tesco shares and in some case three uh, percent i'm not saying that's the exact rate but you know you could be getting a dividend that's far more than interest payment and the, the share should grow in time if the share value goes down for one year but you're still getting your dividend payment then people tend to hang in there and just stay with it so getting back to inflation uh, that it, it could be very good for people who own property um in in the long term uh but bad for people who are trying to struggle to make ends meet but what about the effect of inflation on a mortgage on 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 debt what about the effects of that um the government now owes trillions I think the national debt here is two trillion um but th- they are going to be paying that over time and and a lot of that is is based on on government bonds and 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 gilts so they're paying those in bonds but over time that debt by the time they pay back that debt by the time they pay say they've got a, a billion pound bond that they've issued over say 10 years or the u.s treasury 30-year bond which is paying one percent say um they're paying that back to you in 30 years time so if, if they raise a billion from that bond uh, and they're paying it back in 30 years time is that billion that they're paying back or the billion pounds that they're paying back the same now as it was then no you know a billion is is a, is a lot of money now and it will still be a lot of money in 30 years time but it's not going to be the same value is it it might be just a quarter of that that value in 30 years time let's say every 10 years of inflation you know reduces that by by a half so maybe it's only worth a quarter of a billion by the time you get that money back in 30 years time it's not worth as much and it's the same with your mortgage, really. Um, you know, I've met people that said, Oh, I bought my house in 1980, whatever, and I took a 10,000 pound mortgage, it was a, such a big mortgage, but but now it seems like nothing, you could pay it off on a credit card. Um, so you know, my mum bought a house in, in London, I think she paid 25,000 pounds for it, and and the mortgage was huge at that time, it seemed like a big pay, interest rates were high at that time. I mean, she's paid it off now, but imagine if she just left it as an interest-only mortgage and she only had to pay back £25,000 now. It's like nothing. You know, you could almost do it on two or three credit cards. So what I'm saying is that when you're borrowing money and you have inflation, it actually works to your advantage in some ways because it's inflating the value of that debt away. And this is what governments are banking on. This is why governments can just raise money on the bond market and and they're, they're paying it you know over time they're paying that back um at and and, and it won't be worth as much to the to, to, to you might say well, why do people to give why do people invest in bonds well institutions invest in bonds because they want that guaranteed return they they have so much money to invest because people are putting their money into pension funds and and they have so much money to invest and they have liabilities as well so they have to cover those liabilities with guaranteed returns you know they have so much billions and trillions that you know at the end of the day the only safe institution is is the government because they know that the government will not default on those payments and the, and the u.s has never defaulted on on a bond but the returns for an investor are very poor uh, there are times when bonds can go up and you know it, it's I, it's it's not a market i invest in but there are sometimes a good time to, to invest in in the bond market but you can see what i'm saying is that that the value of that money paying back is, is is devalued by by inflation and and so the government are also banking on that and the, of course the government can also print their own money to pay the interest and pay it back so 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 they're even printing their own money and, and that's been de- devalued as well so they're paying back with with almost sort of phony dollars in the end um it, it, it's a crazy system really it's almost like uh, as robert kiyosaki calls it fake money Um, they're just printing producing money out of the air and so so that's why a lot of investors want to invest in real assets not cash Uh, so they want to invest in property they want to invest in gold uh, because they feel it's more tangible it's more real and and that's why a lot of people over the last few years have put their money into cryptocurrencies uh, because they think that is safer than than u.s dollars and cash i don't i don't agree with that um I, I think that that's a as ron buffett called it a mirage but you can see how investing in assets is very different from having your money sitting in cash so that's another way of looking at it is inflation can work to your advantage as an investor and as somebody borrowing money so maybe the answer is you know there are some people out, out there that, like robert kiyosaki that just believes in just debt uh, and and he he just keeps raising money against the value of his properties because he said it's tax-free so yes if you have a property and you've got a mortgage on it and it's gone up in a year and you just draw you 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 increase the value of that mortgage you just keep drawing off that money is tax-free of course but you know you're obviously adding to the debt but he doesn't kind of care about the debt he doesn't mind if he's got a billion pounds worth of property and half a billion or three quarters of a billion dollars in debt what does he care as long as the debt has been serviced by the rent he's still got assets there um, and the assets are going up in value so he has kind of used debt to, to build his wealth as as people like grant cardone has as, as institutions have as have as uh, institutions and and people have done for for centuries they've used debt and other people's money to build wealth whereas most people say no i'll save up and pay everything in cash yeah I'd advise you to do that on consumer debt Uh, but in terms of using debt to buy assets then leverage has been the greatest thing for the property market because you can use leverage to buy property as an investment which you you can't do so easily in the stock market or cryptocurrencies. and and why would you you know why would a, a high street bank lend you money to buy Bitcoin or or buy you know Amazon shares when it knows When you're saying, yeah, we'll give you that crypto as as the security, or we'll give you the shares as security, they won't do it. But they'll do it for a property. So you say, I've got this property, I'm buying that. Give me, I'm buying that for a hundred thousand pounds. Give me eighty thousand pounds, and and you can take security on the the property. You can take a charge on that property's deed, the property title. That's called a mortgage. That's what exactly what they do, and then you pay that lender back over time uh and and that's called a mortgage yes so that's called leverage and people have been using leverage for centuries that's why i wrote in my book borrow and grow rich which i've published not not that long ago um it's about how people have used other people's money for for for, for centuries and I, I i quote here the tale of two friends one is financially free and the other is working um and in fact one of these friends of mine um was a saver he used to put all his money into managed funds and mutual funds pensions saved to the maximum um, and he lived in a nice detached property in Surrey and but the other one didn't put his money into those sorts of uh, investments he he bought property he used debt to buy a property he didn't have that much disposable income so he bought his first property lived in it rented out a couple of rooms in the property and then found that he could easily pay the mortgage and then he he repeated the process he he rented that out managed to raise a bit of money to buy another property lived in that and 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 then he he ended up with about five properties in Docklands he bought them during the the recession uh in the in the, I guess that would have been the, the 90s or the early 2000s and and that they went up in value and and he did massively well so he built all of his wealth on debt and he's financially free semi-retired but the other guy is still working. These people actually exist. They're actually friends of mine. And we would debate on a Sunday morning and and one would, you know, I'd be on the side of the guy raising debt and the other one would say, no, no, property is not very good. I put my money into managed funds and and he's done very well, but he's still working. He's in his, I think he's already 65. I think he's waiting for the last year of his work to, to be able to retire. He's already had one heart attack crossing London Bridge on the way to work, rushing across London Bridge with all the stress and that sort of thing going to work he hated his job on a Sunday he would say oh, I've got to go to work tomorrow I hate it but he was a highly paid accountant working in the city but he hated his job uh, so he was still working he, he did buy one property but then he sold it and I think he, he he kept one other property but he wouldn't use leverage he wouldn't keep and I kept talking about leverage I kept talking about debt and he, he in the end he got mad with me he said shut up you know he just, almost something to piss off sort of, just stop, stop talking to me you know um, he got fed up, but years later he admitted that he should have been more adventurous and bought more property and used more debt. And as they said in uh, "Rich Dad, Poor Dad," his 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 mythical I don't know if it was real, but his his so-called rich dad said to him, "Think about this: How long would it take you to save a million dollars?" I mean, asking how long would it take you to save a million dollars? You know, if you're saving it every year, a long time, right? Um, but how long would it take you to borrow a million dollars from the bank? and go and buy an asset and invest that that million dollars think about that right and and if you're credit worthy and you can raise that sort of money you you can make money by buying assets and and that all stuck in my mind how long does it take to borrow a million dollars and you know when i bought my first commercial property and we raised a huge mortgage i I thought this is amazing that you can just walk into a bank and and they come out to see and they were happy to lend it you know thought it's amazing they lent us hundreds of thousands of of pounds uh, to buy this property which we we eventually sold for you know over a million pounds and and got rent from it and did very well from this commercial property so you know there are definitely ways of using leverage that wealthy people have used over the centuries that's what i write about in this book i write about you know things like sending ships to 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 discover America they raised that through other people's money the king raised that you know the 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 Magellans and the, the Galileos they they went to the king and said I need you know maybe in those days the equivalent of millions of pounds to build boats and ships and and sail to the new world and bring back gold and you know plant your flag there well the king then financed that or the government of that day of the day finance that money how did he get the money? he didn't have it from his back pocket he taxed the people to get the money so it's all about using other people's money and that's what very wealthy people have done for centuries and and wealthy people actually then would would probably use other people's money in 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 even more creative ways because they would raise money on on the stock markets so they would find money ways of raising money on on the markets or through bond issues like Evergrande have done they've raised billions of, of dollars through bond issues where they're just saying lend me that money and I'll pay you an inch, interest on it it's, it's called a, a corporate bond so there's always been ways of raising money the average person can't really do so many things but you know th- there are creative ways of buying properties which does not involve just getting a standard uh, lender bank mortgage you know there are ways of raising money now creative ways Uh, crowdfunding private finance um you know bridging finance or or just getting together with people and raising the money using other people's money to buy property so even if you haven't got money to buy property if you have the right deal if you have the right the right property you can raise that money privately even if the bank might not immediately give you that money to to buy that property there are ways of raising money creative it's called no money down investing using other people's money to buy property or using things like options to control a property without actually buying it so an option gives you the option to buy a property but not the obligation nothing new about options options have been used for a long long time to buy land where you might take an option on on a piece of land for you know a pound a hundred pound a thousand pounds and then you've got maybe two years to get planning permission on that that land or that property so it's it's an option subject to planning so in the option period um, you you could at any time exercise your option to buy that property or you could pull out of it options are used in the stock market as well you can take an option on a share uh, maybe that you think it might go up or down a put or a call option you can do the same thing in property so you might see a project that you think well I couldn't possibly afford to to raise You know two million pounds to buy that property to buy that proper project to to change that office into to to residential but if you can obtain an option on it um through the right knowledge through the right lawyers then and get planning permission which you know may cost you a few thousand pounds maybe you could get that financed by a developer work as in a joint venture with a developer to, to, to buy that that property that there's all sorts of ways of doing this there's as i said there's more than one way of, of skinning a cat as they say right so that even if you haven't got any money to start with there's lots of ways of making money in property rent to rent is another one where you lease a property rent it out at a higher rent maybe using serviced accommodation maybe using the hmo strategy housing multiple occupation so there's various strategies you can employ to buy a property even if you haven't got your own money to invest yes you can still raise a deposit go down to your bank and and buy a property on a buy to let but buy to let is just one of many many strategies that people have used to make money in in property over the centuries developments um rent to rent uh buying to, to to refurbish and and then uh sell on to flip there's there's lots of ways of making money and you don't necessarily need to use your own money and as i was saying before people have been using other people's money which i've written about in my book borrow and grow rich for for centuries because most people have not got rich by saving their own money they've not really got rich just by saving alone you know jeff bezos may have started amazon from a garage or from an office selling a few books but he had much bigger ideas So he went to Wall Street, he raised, you know, not just millions, but hundreds of millions, even billions to keep to grow Amazon. They didn't make a profit for maybe, I think, the first 10 years, but they kept investing because they wanted world domination. He couldn't have done that without other people's money. You know, Facebook, Zuckerberg may have started from his college bedroom, but he needed other people's money, institutional money to, to grow that business. Google was the same, you know, Microsoft whether it was from institutions angel investors uh venture capital or using the stock market to raise money the stock market is is a way of raising money it's like going down to a marketplace and saying here is this stock this share i'll sell you the share you'll have a a a share in the company i'll pay you a dividend and i'll give you a share of the profits and then they use that money to build the business that's how the stock markets have worked in the London Stock Exchange, which was one of the first hundreds of years ago, would raise money in that way. And so other people's money has been used for centuries. So if you haven't got any money to invest in property, don't let that stop you because there are ways of, of doing this. Now, maybe you need more instruction on this. You might think, what, what's he talking about? You know, what, what's all these strategies? What's options? And that sort of thing. Um, if, if you need further help, there are courses you can you can take. There are even free courses you can go on to uh, learn about this and uh, maybe I'll put something up in the chat uh, there, there's a free virtual webinar coming up called beginner's property secrets it's a virtual event on the 24th of May I've already recommended it to some people've I've spoken to before that um, I, I in my my coaching and, and, and that sort of thing uh, but, but I thought about mentioning this today I didn't mention it last week but there is a session called beginner's property secrets coming up very very soon and you'll, you'll learn about some um, the beginners property secrets um post-lockdown property investing um you know, basically various strategies you can learn on 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 how to get into property if you're not already in property and i would say even if you're in property already it, it's still not a bad thing to do i i i've tended to um go on these courses just to to, to kind of um keep my hand in to, to learn new things because you just never know when uh a new idea has come up you know you, you can um think you know it all and, and think well i've been in the in the business for many years what do i need to go on a beginner's property secret for um yeah thanks for, for your comment baskaran Bas- 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 uh, i'll just put something in the chat here excuse me from leaning forward here um i'm just putting this in the chat uh the link if you want to 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 join that that course um now i've I've got time for some questions and answers here if anybody has any questions or wants to, to say anything please feel feel free to join you can sort of unmute yourself if if you want um please maybe i need to if you want to unmute yourself please feel free to come in or 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 raise some questions in in the chat there. Uh, please feel free to join in Um, I'll I'll be putting this up on on YouTube so if you're watching this another time on YouTube you obviously can't join in on the chat Uh, but um, you know you you, you feel free to to put comments in and I I will answer that answer those comments as best I can so um, sorry I I know someone's joined us a little bit late here but what what I, I talked about earlier was that the general property market uh and and using inflation as to your advantage when borrowing money and buying properties now if you've missed some of the session earlier uh i'll try and get it up on youtube later on you can find me on charles kelly money tips podcast on on youtube uh, so I'll, I'll i'll try and get that up later on um i'll, I'll i might just put a, a link up to my youtube channel right now so that you can um just just Check that out later on if you if you've missed this or you're just joining now then you know i'll I'll put up a a quick link there so that you can uh hi this is charles kelly money tips podcast thank that that will be what you'll hear as you you go in uh into that um okay excuse me a second copy that link and then go back yeah I'm putting a am putting the link up to the YouTube channel here so that you can check that's the general channel and then you can you can look at the full version of this today but we've gone through the market inflation the way the stock market's faltering the stock market can go down very fast but property may not follow and and, and go down immediately because there's still a shortage of property in the UK um and institutions are coming and investing now that doesn't mean that property might go down but um, in the long run, property usually goes up. But if you're an investor and you're prepared to wait and sit it out and see what happens, because the market is definitely slowing down, then maybe it's a good time to sort of sit back and, and wait until there's more bargains around. It's definitely been a, what, what we call a, a seller's market in the last year or two. You know, some, some places they put people on waiting lists, they said, yeah, I appreciate your offer, but I'm putting you on a waiting list because I'm seeing if people will offer more than the asking price. You know, uh, in the past, if you ask, put the asking price in, normally people will accept it. Now there's been a scramble. That's called a seller's market. Maybe that could change, and we might see what's called a buyer's market, where the buyers can, the boot's on the other foot, and then the buyers are saying, well, I'll think about this. I might put in an offer, and then they put in a lower offer and get the, the property at a bargain price. That that could happen as as we move in to the the uk the economy is slowing down that could happen because obviously when the economy slows down and people have got less money to buy and and the job market slows down property will slow down but at the moment the job market is buoyant and you know the, there's plenty of job vacancies but inflation is eating away at people's spending power and buying power so we just don't know what's going to happen in the market but but i'll just repeat that if you're buying for your own family your own family home i would just buy anyway because it's not an investment it's your home and in the long term it will go up anyway but if you're buying to, as a buy to let or as an investment or certainly a buy to flip you might want to be a bit more cautious in in that 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 uh that circumstance so i think that's unless you've got any other questions that's that's covered it's about an hour has as passed by i hope that's been useful to you uh thanks for tu- for tuning in and joining in you have got any last minute questions um you know, speak now or forever hold your peace. And and if you if you if you want to go on that, it's I don't run this course by the way. It's run by somebody else, but it's a virtual beginners property guide uh, to getting in. Uh, maybe I will build my own course in the next month or so. Uh, but at the moment, I'm referring people to other people's courses that have have worked for me and for other people in the past. So so thanks for listening. Any last questions? Just feel feel free to shout out or put something in the chat. But but other than that, thanks for joining. Have a great day. Have a great weekend ahead and happy investing, happy buying. And I I will see you all again soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. This is Charles Kelly. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit MoneyTipsDaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions.